Absolutely. And I realized that growing up, I was always the kid that did things differently. I was always the person that tried a little bit harder. You know, I was in student council, but I was also in the musicals, but I was also on the golf team. So I was like in all these different sectors. And it's almost that having multiple hats, having multiple identities was not validated. You know, people took that and said, well, then what really are you? All right. So we're here with Paige D'Angelo of Air Cosmetics, founder in the house. That's right. Hello, how are you? Paige, welcome. Thank welcome. you. Thanks My for having pleasure. me. Yo, you have a very fascinating story, um, how you actually got this founded, but I'm just going to go straight to it. What makes Air Cosmetics different in the cosmetic industry? How are you disrupting? Right. So there is a gap between the sustainability section of the cosmetic industry and the quality section. Um, it's very polarized between something that's a really great formula or a really high quality and something that's really sustainable. So Air Cosmetics is bridging that gap, making a high quality and high, highly sustainable product. And what makes this product different? It's patent pending, first of its kind. It's a tablet, a formula for mascara that holds the shape of a tablet and it dissolves. So it allows the customer to refill and replenish their makeup instead of buying a new unit. So it's an amazing quality, it's smudge proof, it's made for dancers by a dancer, and it's also just really luxury and really sustainable. So that's what separates us. So by sustainable, you mean you're not going to be constantly replacing the cosmetic, right? Right, yeah. So the container is the last one you need. You can place it in your dishwasher uh, once a year to actually wash all the residue from the mascara and start right over. So the only thing you're replacing is the tablets. And even the containers, the tablet refills come in are these cork bottles that you can repurpose. So there's nothing that you actually in the kit will throw out besides the shipping box it comes in, which is made out of um, recycled materials. So everything is repurposable. So all this makes sense from a stakeholder standpoint, right? I was talking to uh, Kent around here a little bit earlier about stakeholder and the importance. I think of, you know, the entire value chain from a financial standpoint, though, this is kind of like counterintuitive, right? All these companies are going on subscription models, right? Like Dollar Shave Club, use your razor three times and then throw it out for your next razor. Harry's, um, it, isn't it a problem to only sell something to someone once when you can sell it to them a million times and put them on a subscription? Yeah, so um, we do have a subscription model, and that's kind of our initial start that we're testing out for our first launch. And basically, what I wanted to emulate was the average customer and mascara consumer. Basically, uh, what Statista says is that the average customer buys three to five mascaras every year, and those are the full units. So I wanted the first container to emulate either whether you use mascara every day or you only use it socially, you'll go through one container three to five times a year. And that comes with the subscription model. So the container is the last one you'll need, but thereafter you'll need the tablets to refill and the solution to refill. Okay. And we're still testing the waters and seeing how this initial launch goes. But I really just wanted to make it a seamless process and I wanted it to be something that really just seamlessly resonated with the already developed beauty industry. So the tablets basically dissolve, right? It's right. not like a razor which gets thrown out and I don't, I don't even actually know where those razors go, by the way. Me either. And yeah, that's the whole point of it. I didn't want to create more product, more things for them to throw out, more things for them to use. Every detail of the product, I wanted to either 
be used up and gone or I want it to be repurposed. And with the tablets, some things that I realized that you don't even think about with your makeup, even just washing your face and the residue of the makeup that goes into your sink, that goes into your water system. If you have these harsh chemicals, not only coming off of your skin, but going into our water system, these chemicals aren't being filtered out. You know, they're damaging our ecosystem. So even that is something that I needed to make sure I worked on. So all of the organic materials and ingredients um, of the tablets. But yes, eventually you do use up the whole tablet. So you won't need to put it anywhere. It dissolves into mascara. Right. You want the recurring revenue. How are you going to actually bring in new users? Are you just going to make a bunch of TikTok videos? You're going to hire... Kylie Jenner, like how are we going to actually get people to sign up? So uh, luckily I am considered a macro influencer on social media. I have a platform of over 300,000 followers currently um, across my social media. And with that, it's been difficult learning how to um, convert my followers into customers and supporters of AIR. But what I learned from it is how to build a group of people that trust you, that know you, and that want to support you, and really building a relationship with them that's genuine and not just a business transaction. So I'm using what I learned from building myself up as an influencer to applying to Air social media. And I started a series called Figuring It Out with Air Cosmetics. My mantra is that everything is figure outable, and that's something that my dad and my grandfather instilled in me. And basically, luckily, when I first thought of the idea two years ago, I was a sophomore in college. I had $20 to my name and I had no idea how to formulate makeup, no idea how to start a business. I was studying meteorology. So I was really going out of left field. Meteorology? Yes, meteorology wow. and journalism. Um, so I was taking a shot in the dark. But one thing that I wanted to do and I knew I wanted to do was record. Press record. That's what I told myself. You know what? No matter what you're doing, even if this doesn't turn into anything, just record the whole thing. And still, two years later, I've been recording every step of this journey from creating air, from an idea to now speaking at a conference, a national conference in Tampa, you know? Um, so I started posting that series called Everything is Figure Outable and breaking the fourth wall of business, showing people not only what I created, but why I created it, how I created it, and how they can do it too um, in their own. And where are you fashion. posting it? Where are you posting the journey? Is that um, this is on TikTok and Instagram mainly. I tried Facebook and LinkedIn, but each platform is its own cater. You know, you have to treat them differently. And so I really just wanted to post to see where my audience was, who was listening. And TikTok and Instagram is where a majority of uh, my listeners have been. I, I think, Paige, that documenting the journey is probably the most important thing we can do. And for a lot of people, it's scary because when you're just starting, like we're just not that good. We don't have this, we don't have the income. Yes. You know, I document every step of my journey on the After Hours Entrepreneur. I do a monthly income report. And some months I'm like, woohoo, yes, I can't wait to record this episode. And then yep. other months I'm like, uh, I'm not excited to record. Yep. But I, I think it's that level of authenticity yeah. that people respond to Yes, because they know they're not alone. Yes. And they know that I'm coming from a genuine place of I'm doing this because I have a passion for makeup and a passion for sustainability. And there's no other, like no more driving force than that. And I post my failures, you know, I post the mistakes that I made 
The videos are honestly hilarious to watch back. I kind of cringe watching them, just knowing that two years ago, <laughs> I was spending hours making a silicone mold of something that would never, ever even be useful. But what I learned from it is what was useful. And I think that's what people can really take away from it. And that's what I hope people take away from it. I come from a very entrepreneurial school, Drexel University. And we have a huge incubator program for entrepreneurs. I think we were the first ever school to offer an entrepreneurship major. And seeing my peers, I actually did a talk, uh, I spoke at an event last night, and all of these students came out to hear from me speak and realizing I was only in their shoes a month ago. I just graduated. But them seeing me just fully walls down, guard down, authentically explaining the mistakes and the failures really kind of opens up their minds to how possible it truly is because with even with all that it's still you know i talked to i talked to my daughter she's seven about this you you have to be strong in here yes it, because when you when you go that public route of being public not even just with the losses but the wins but being public in general like you're gonna piss people off for, for no reason yep for no reason it's, yeah. it's just unbelievable i see all you trolls there on youtube you <laughs> know who right. you are yep and it's like if you're not strong in here it it, it really breaks you down and it's it's just some random, like, like a random, like MILF Hunter 32. Like, I don't care about your opinion. No, I, I've experienced that even when uh, Drexel shared my story and someone made an Instagram account. It was called like Dragon Hater or something. And it was some anonymous account. And they were just commenting like, this will never succeed. Makeup uh, is too big of an industry and stuff like that. And honestly, I just, I, I laugh with them because... Whether they're right or they're wrong, their negative energy has no place in my in my day to day. You know. It, yeah, it almost is like a driver. Yes. I remember. I remember the faces in the names when I told people I'm going to leave my cushy six figure job with benefits mm -hmm. in insurance. I'm going to start a podcast agency. I'm going to have the biggest media platform. I'm going to have a podcast studio downtown Fort Lauderdale, ten minutes from the beach, ten yep. minutes from the airport. People flying in from all over the world. I'm going to make that happen. And people are like. Mark, you you can't do that. Yeah. What, what I, I remember specifically, one person said, well, what do you know about that? Mm. And I said, you just freaking watch. Mm -hmm. That's right. And you just have to prove it to them. I mean, my whole life, I kind of built my identity around the fact that people validated my want to be a meteorologist. So I told people from when I was in fifth grade that I was going to be a professional dancer and a weather girl. Those were my two dreams. I made one of them come true, not the other one. But... People started to associate me with that. People started to validate me for that. People were so proud of me before I even did it. And the second that I switched my major and said I'm starting a mascara and I'm creating my own mascara, that shift of support was, I mean, I was, it was unbelievable. It was so negative and so unsure, even if they weren't my friends and family. I mean, my family's always been super supportive, but they did question it, you know. You don't know anything about that. How are you going to do this? How are you going to make a living off of this? You're just graduating college. Like you're supposed to get a degree in meteorology. So I struggled with that as well. Um, how did you break through? How did you break through all the doubters? Like, was it, did it come from within here? Was it mm -hmm. the people at school? Did you try to craft like a, a clear inner circle? Yeah. I realized that the people that were questioning me with negative intention. So some people were passively questioning me, asking me questions that they knew what they wanted the answer to be, such as, uh, 
do you even know anything about that? You know, I knew that those people weren't going to understand until I made them understand, but that I was not going to dedicate my time to proving them anything. It was just going to be proving and validating my why and my reasoning. So I just always remembered back to the fact of I'm doing this because I have an idea that I think could really help a lot of people. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm going to do it until I have the product in my hands and we'll see where it takes me. And now I think everyone has realized that I'm taking it pretty seriously. Um, But yeah, it was really hard at first to, to validate myself, not have imposter syndrome, knowing that I was disappointing people. But now I'm, you know, now people are excited for me. So yeah, well, they are, but they'll, they'll flip too. You know, it's like, all those people out there that, that hate on you, that hate on us, that hate on entrepreneurs, it's, 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 I think it is a lot of it's just projection. Yes, absolutely. They're not happy within. Mm-hmm. So they feel, you know, hurt people hurt people. Yes. And so they have to say, oh, well, you're, you know, because I am not happy and I don't feel worthy, then I need to pull you down. Yes, absolutely. And I realized that growing up, I was always the kid that did things differently. I was always the person that tried a little bit harder. You know, I was in student council, but I was also in the musicals, but I was also on the golf team. So I was like in all these different sectors. And it's almost that having multiple hats, having multiple identities was not validated. You know, people took that and said, well, then what really are you? I'm just me. That was always my answer, you know, but people think that if you're not tied to this certain specific path and if you go to school to become a meteorologist and you don't become a meteorologist, you're invalid. And really, I just had to just prove to myself, this is why I'm doing it. It doesn't really matter if these people think it's validated or not. And at the end of the day, perhaps they too are too scared to break out of their shell and they're not being fulfilled in that way. So it's a lesson that everyone has to learn one way or another. I think I just learned it a little earlier than my generation, which was harder to cope with during college. But we made it through. I've become somewhat obsessed with surrounding myself with people that think like me. Mm-hmm. You know, because most of my, you know, my friends or, you know, people that are my wife's friends, like husbands of my wife's friends or whatever, you know, they, they just don't think the same way mm-hmm. a lot of times. They're more thinking, you know, they're, think, they're like thinking small ball, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yes. And in, I read this book called Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud. Mm-hmm. And they makes this point in the book where you only have room for about 140, 150 relationships. Okay. That's the, the average person. Mm-hmm. So each person that you have a relationship with is taking up a lot of your bandwidth. Right. It's like, you know, if, if you're part of like, I don't know, like a golf group mm-hmm. of a, a bunch of guys that are drinking or smoking or just not living the right way. Right. That's 10%. Right. That's 10% of your relationship. Do you think that that, and there's this, you know. I hear this all the time too. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian and I hear this all the time. Well, Jesus hung out with sinners and Jesus was out there and I just can't help but say like, well, you're not Jesus. I, uh, I yeah. don't tell you, like you, you're the, you end up being the average of the 10 people you, or the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's something that's hard to navigate as a 22 year old because I didn't even really realize who I was until about, you know, I'm still figuring it out. I still don't even fully know. And so it's really hard to navigate, okay, who in my life right now is, you know, here with the same mindset that's going to push me, that's going to make me grow as a person. And that's the kind of energy that I feed off of, you know, my one best friend um, from school. She is so like-minded to me. She is dedicated. She's driven. 
and she just, we always have these missions and these goals and we support each other unconditionally. And that is my best friendship because I just know that she is going to push me and I'm always going to push her and we're going to hold each other accountable. And of course, not every friendship has to be this like, you got to have to be working every day, like crazy mindset. But just people that understand and support what you're doing and why you're doing it. And so I think that's really important. I think as I graduate and navigate the post-grad world, I'll be able to choose a little bit more um, rather than just navigating who is in my surroundings, who's in my classes, you know, who I grew up with. Although I do love all those people. It's just, you're right. You do have to bloom at one point. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean we can never talk to them or we can't be friends and whatnot. It's just that, you know, we, we think, you know, we, if to, to get to that, that mountaintop, mm-hmm. you need to think bigger and you need to surround yeah. yourself with people think bigger, yeah. I think. And I learned to, so I imagine that I have an energy bubble around me and only certain people are allowed in that energy bubble. Oh, I like so that. imagine like you have a bubble of gel or something and someone took a needle of like pink coloring into it. You know, that's letting someone's energy into my bubble. Um, but there's certain people that I know have zero they're not allowed no entry to my energy bubble because I know that either what they're projecting is a reflection of their own insecurities or their own problems. And I don't want that to then in turn become my energy, become my projections. So yeah, only certain people are allowed in that bubble. And that allows me to have these relationships, um, wear a few different hats while also maintaining my peace. I wasn't going to go here, but I have to ask Paige because you brought this up. I feel like there is a lot of people have like a, a victim mentality. They feel like I'm a victim because my parents don't have money or I have this skin color, or I have this worldview or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, that I feel like that victim mentality is like letting in a blot of darkness into that energy bubble. Right. Yeah. I, you, I, I, and I'm not saying that bad things don't happen. I'm not saying that everybody is on the same level as far as resources and assets goes. But if you absorb that darkness into your energy bubble, Mm -hmm. it is going to, it's going to drown you out. Yeah. I think it's so important to process what you have and who you are, but nothing happens to you. Things happen for you. That's something that I use as like clarity. You know, I didn't grow up in a perfect household, definitely not with a ton of money, but those things taught me how to be a certain kind of person that allowed me to create experiences for myself. And then not everyone definitely has the privilege of, you know, getting out of those situations and becoming a better person for it. But I definitely think that you can let it get to your head more than it has to. So, you know, if something happens to you, if your parents had an issue growing up, that's not a part of you. That doesn't get into your energy bubble. Like that doesn't reflect who you are. That reflects your circumstances, but that's not who you are as a person. And so if you're able to separate like, okay, this is my situation, but this does not reflect who I am. And if your situation does reflect who you are, then maybe that's time to rework on yourself. You know, if you're in a really bad situation, take a look in the mirror and say, hey, is there anything I'm doing to promote this, to encourage this? And can I kind of re-navigate or work on myself to put myself in a different situation? And of course, everything's situational. You know, some bad things do happen to good people. Um, but there's definitely a mindset that can help you cope with that. And uh, 
work through it in a positive way, positive outcome. Yep. I'm reading Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I, mm. the power of the mind to impact your physiological and your circumstances, tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. Paige D'Angelo, where can we find more Paige? Where can we get more Paige in our life? Yeah, so you could just find me at Paige D'Angelo. That is my personal Instagram and TikTok is Paige.D'Angelo. If you want to follow Air Cosmetics specifically, uh, my Instagram is at Air Cosmetic and TikTok at Air Cosmetics. Rock and roll. Thanks for the yes. success. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.